Austin, Texas to Essex, England. Once again, the slip the slip serves the it's the it's the lip lean podcast. It's the lip lean podcast. It's, it's a lip, the lip lean podcast, lip lean podcast really. with Lewis Lamilton and Laxford Slappen. Laxford. Normally Lund. Laxative versus slap versus slappen. Laxative, laxative versus slappen. That's actually, it's not even a race driver. It's a new rapper uh, that's, that is uh, on the scene. Uh, have you heard of him? Laxative uh, versus Yeah, slappen. he's a new, new experimental guy. I heard he's on the, he's mixing Donda actually for Kanye. Yeah, he's uh, he's great. Yeah, he did a he did a track with Kenny Beats, um, called oh, yeah. Bend. Yeah, called Silverstone uh, Gravel. It's it's great. It's like a rootsy track. Um, but once it gets going, man, it, you're really it really spins, you know. Uh, so you you could so make a cool diss track with Formula One names, like you could Cop Send featuring yeah Max etc. That's basically how i want to title every episode i think that's what i'm going for at this point is just diss track names for each for each uh you know episode name so for for this one it'll be like barge boards and bot bot bots ass i uh, like something that. like that i don't I you like know that. that's i feel like the the bot ass is too that's too on the nose you know it's a little too on the nose it's not really my style i like to go subversive uh with yep. the diss track names the whole, I mean, our next sort of creative adventure is a Formula One themed rap album, like Good Kid Max City or something like that. <laughs> that's great. Thank that's you. a, yeah, that's great, man. That's a, that's one of the, that's probably should be uh, one of the things with the Hamilton initiative or the commission is just, just make everybody listen to hip hop records and then oh, like yeah. racism solved in a week. <laughs> everybody <laughs> takes it. Uh, you know, go, some good hip hop albums. So going go to uni, I was flooded with like white middle-class boys that listen to like, I don't know, one mob deep record and all of a sudden yeah. think they understand a hundred years of racial tensions and that, yeah. that like, yeah. no guys, I can't be racist. I listen to Kanye. So sort of. they're onto something there. I mean, they're onto something. They need to listen to more of them, but I feel like if they're onto something, it's like, okay, okay, cool. Good start. Now listen to Good Kid, Mad City all the way through, and then like listen to the story he's telling. Oh, all of a sudden you have like eighty-seven thousand times more empathy than you did before you listen to that record because you're like, oh, this is crazy. This exactly. is actually a story about growing up uh, in a certain place. So it's it's pretty wild. Anyway, uh, episode zero one two uh, with our Spike Lee introduction, and um, man, I'm I'm doing good. We try to do this episode uh last night and uh i first of all my internet connection was bad and then uh and then i ate a 12 inch double meat roast beef capicola and turkey sandwich with hot peppers oil and vinegar double pepper jack cheese and and then thought i could do a podcast after that so that's that's my level of hubris is i can ingest that much food and then think I'll be witty enough to host an internationally renowned podcast because we're internationally renowned at this point. We have listeners in the UK and and the United States. Um, somebody in Brisbane's listening. I don't know who that is, but it's happening. So internationally renowned. Um, and, you know, that's that's just that it was a humbling experience because we got on the horn and started it. And I was just like, yeah, whatever, Hungary. And then like tried to fall asleep, I guess. And then our, we lost our connection. So, you know. Take two. 
we had red flag. We, we, had, we, had to, we, we had to red flag the the first uh, podcast, which is quite yeah. apt. Given we literally red flagged it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we were we, so red flag race, and then red flag this podcast started again twelve hours later, and uh, you're gonna have a good result, man. Uh, where tell me. This is like this podcast is like for or I, excuse me this race is like 911 for F1 races where it's like where were you in Hungary 2021 <laughs> like where, where were you when this happened uh because that was that was insane I'm getting to watch these these races live now which is fun because I wake up early enough um and cuz you know cuz I got the the big boy job so I I actually wake up at this point and uh, and it's fun, man. It's fun to watch live. I don't think you were watching live, right? Like you were watching a little later in the day. So like we, so the, my whole family are into F1 and sort of myself. Mm. I mean, obviously I'm a massive nerd about it. If you're listening to this podcast, I have a podcast about F1. I'm a massive nerd <laughs> about it. Um, my sister and my dad. In case you didn't know. Oh, my camera's slipping. Sorry. Technical just, go, just go with the torso view, you know, just oh, to yeah. just... just just do the whole been, thing, like yeah. POV, you do, you've yeah. been working bench press anyway, so oh, stop it, you. That's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my mom, my dad, and my sister are quite into it. Sort of not all the full technicalities, but still sort of enjoy the the sport. Yeah. And yeah. then there's my mum who enjoys the spectacle, but doesn't really have a clue what's going on. And right. every time Crofty says any sort of anecdote or anything. If you don't catch the whole sentence, they have to rewind the TV to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. So we yeah, start the course. race on time and we end up like half an hour behind, which yeah. is infuriating when you're watching it with someone like on your phone, you know, oh, it's the yeah. worst. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching, uh, it's like watching a Christopher Nolan film with my mom, which is, that's the oh same thing. And so watching Inception with my mom for the first time or Interstellar was essentially the same experience. So I definitely relate to that. Uh, and, and, you know, what did, what did, what did McConaughey say? What did Matthew say just now? Is he talking about, so he's talking about the, this time space continuum. Is that what that's about? Was that on the Jetsons? I don't know what's going on. My mom actually doesn't look that's my mom doesn't speak like that. She's a wonderful woman and does not have uh, a, an accent that sounds like Peggy Hill. So not that that's bad, but you know, that I'm just, to shout differentiate out to Peggy Hill. yeah shout out to peggy hill um so anyway man yeah dude it was that was uh that was just wild dude um i was so blood red mad uh seeing turn one even though like the last few weeks i've like lost a little bit of my like mojo for supporting red bull in this in this championship and i don't know what it was i started off really happy and like really jazzed about red bull and their upgrades and stuff like that but something about like the way they they've done their social media and stuff in like the last couple of yeah. weeks. And like, I don't know. It just kind of gives me a weird vibe. It's not like I'm not cheering for them. And I'm overall like a Honda. I like the Honda engines. I'm just mm -hmm. a fan of those engines. So like, I'm kind of a fan of them by proxy. Um, but like, I, I, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just, it's been a weird few weeks for Red Bull. And then to top it off, unfortunately, you've got these crashes. And I saw something, uh, an infographic the other day on the F1 Reddit where Verstappen, excuse me, laxative Verstappen uh, <laughs> has like $3 million or something dollar damage to his car so far compared to Lewis's like $660,000. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's in USD or whatever, but obviously it's it's pretty similar either way. But like that's, that's a lot of damage and a lot yeah. of problems to deal with. And so you have that on turn one. 
and it was just absolute chaos. Like, what did you like? What were your initial reactions when you saw turn one and where? Like, what did you say? Did you say anything out loud? No, I was in stunned silence. It was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I. So for the next, I think maybe this race and one more, I would like, or I would, I wouldn't be against Lewis Hamilton winning because I think right. Max clearly before Silverstone had the stronger package, was well in the was sort of leading the way comfortably, right. um, and I think Lewis needs a bit of a head start for there to be a close title fight. Yeah. Um, but I also want to see, you know, Max's builders, the greatest driver's generation. And I don't think that's an unfair um, title to give him. But right. a lot of Formula One is far less about being the fastest driver and far more about sort of having that intangible sort of mental strength, that yeah. winner's mentality. And I want to see him under pressure, pull results out of the bag, you know, like yeah. a champion will. And I yeah. think we won't see that until Lewis is really, uh, Lewis is ahead. So in that way, I was glad that Lewis sort of, you'd think would have an easier run um, yeah. in this this race. But obviously that I wasn't think, the case. I think, I think Lewis has the mental advantage. Definitely. Yeah. Max might be hungrier, but Lewis is able to get into people's heads um, in a way that you don't see a lot. You probably saw it a lot with like Schumacher uh, and Alonzo, maybe to an extent with his mid two thousands jaunt into the championship circle. But Lewis is uh, a driver that has this ability to get into your head when you see him behind you, um, because of his reputation, because of his accomplishments, because of the fact that he's a seven time world champion. And there's good reason for that. Despite the fact that he drives a spaceship, he's still an amazing driver. We saw that on full display Sunday with his recovery drive, which was an incredible. And, and you, and so obviously only certain drivers are able to kind of go toe to toe with them. Max being one of them, but can he like, you know, last this entire season and, and pull out what, what we need to see in order to be a championship like that. And I don't know, man, I don't know at this point, I don't know, especially after Silverstone, especially after, I mean, not that, not that Hungary was really his fault at all. Um, but I mean, Silverstone, he definitely could have approached that corner a little better. Um, and he get yeah. definitely there. It was, there's, there was patience to be had in Silverstone. It's not like he just needed to do that immediately. So, um, I mean, we'll see, man. I think, I think he's just hungrier and it's like, can he keep that under wraps, you know, and eat himself a Snickers bar. So he's not just hangry all the time or hungry all the time, I guess. Ah. Um, and, 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 and keep it under control, man. So, I mean, that's, that's a great kind of thing to keep in, in mind. And I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, it's really going to come down to, to mental game at this point. Mm. It's, it's a lot, it's similar to golf in that way, where yeah. it's just like, how strong is your mind? I guess a lot of professional sports and really pretty much if we're being honest, any professional sport at that level, I mean, your mental game just has to be perfect or nearly perfect or else you're, you're donezo, man. But that was, yeah. dude, uh, what was weird about that was seeing Bottas uh, miss his breaking zone like that. And partially it was because of Norris whipping in front of him, but also you veteran, you know, you're a Formula One veteran, know where your breaking zones are. I feel like you're, I mean, I don't think Norris was that wrong in saying like, we're up there with the greatest drivers in the world. You should be able to know where your breaking zones are, regardless of how close I am in front of you. 
And mm. so that was just bizarre, man. It was bizarre to see him uh, gaff like that. Uh, and then like ruin and just go bowling, bowling with Bottas, you know, basically <laughs> yeah. bowling with ba- bo- barge board, bowling with Bottas. I guess that might be the in new Budapest. In Budapest, Bargeboard, Bowling with Bottas. Is that the episode title? Should we go with that? That's, I, I, I don't know. Is there Spotify restrictions on how many Bs you can have on one? No, or like how much alliteration? Like, is there like alliteration? Are we, are is there alliteration the, caps on Spotify? Yeah. Are there text-to-speech software out there that we're just going to break? <laughs> that would just, just break it. So we've come across this algorithm with this internationally renowned Formula One podcast. There's 17 Bs in this title. It's like, oh, scrap it. We can't have that. Can't have that going that, on. That's actually, you ever seen the imitation game, the film about the uh, Enigma machine, about the, like the co-breakers in World War II? Oh, actually, yeah. That's the uh, the sequel. It's just them trying to figure out how uh, text-to-speech can say six Bs in one sentence. <laughs> that's, actually, <laughs> that's it. And it's just yeah. run with our podcast title. <laughs> I wrote a, I read a book once uh, called Code. I think it was called Code Masters. Um, not code masters. That's the name of the game, uh, that the developers for the game, but it was like code something. And it was written by a really good author. It was 10 years ago, but it was about that topic. And it made me unafraid of math for like the first time in my life. I was talking about the code breakers and stuff like that. So when they broke it down, uh, anyway, uh, read it, read that book. If you want, don't know the title of it, but figure it out. Uh, but yeah, man, seeing Bontas, uh, do that was just, that was bizarre. It stunned me too. I had like a bite of food ready to eat like i was eating breakfast while i was watching turn one and it like fell out of my fork and then like onto the floor and the dog ate it i was like oh, oh man, man that's going so it was a whole moment man we all shared a moment me and the dogs like just stunned so they were stunned because they got such a good bite of food on the floor i was stunned because i was watching turn one of this race <laughs> uh and dude it was so crazy to see ricardo almost take p2 and then just get shellacked by Chuck Leclerc, you know? Mm. And so, uh, and then, so you're just like, God, man, he's just, it's just Rick rolling himself, you know? Yeah. It's, it's such a shame for Danny Rick because sometimes when you're having a really tough time, you need those lucky breaks. You know I mean? Yeah. If he, if he'd have made it through turn one in, in second place, it wouldn't yeah. have been a, a great deal of, sort of craftsmanship it would have been basically the, the sea parted ahead of him like Moses um, yeah. and he found the gap but I think that would have done the, him the world of good for his confidence uh, yeah. but instead he I mean did you see the video of him getting out of his car in Park Ferme the guy looked yeah. devastated I, I don't remember not even devastated but sort of defeated like he didn't know what else to fix yeah yeah, he. Yeah, I think there was like the Titanic fiddle music playing in the background. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know if it was there. I was just hearing it while I was watching that that whole video of him, just like, just like the whole res act of resignation of just the helmet on the halo and just kind of like laying there, just like I wrecked a I wrecked a car in my driveway once when I was like sixteen and I just learned how oh, to drive. Oh no! And it was a big suburban, and my house at the time had these like pillars in the front porch, like a country style house. And I was just learning to drive, and I whipped the steering wheel around on this big suburban too quick, and somehow ended up with the back end on the porch and that corner pillar of our house in the front lawn. And so 
for oh, 10 minutes straight, man. I just sat there with the engine running and my head on the steering wheel. <laughs> and that's all I could think of when I watched <laughs> when I watched Ricardo, just like on the on the halo, just like so sad. And I'm just like, oh man, this is crazy. He's just such a likable guy, and you don't want to see mm. a driver like that go through a slump. But the reality of the sport is, is if you're if you know if, if you're fat, if you're fast, you're fast. And if you're having problems, you're having problems and the results are right there. They're right in front of your face. They're going to catch up with you. And it just, man, it just seems like he hasn't found his, his confidence and his grip, no pun intended with this McLaren car. Uh, And it's wild to see, um, especially just juxtaposed against Lando who has like definitely found his stride in this car and is just crushing it. You know, so it's it's really wild to see both of those things going on at the same time. You got to know that Andres is a little frustrated. You got to know that Zach Zach Brown probably wasn't expecting things like this to from Danny Ricardo, from a guy who is a race winner. I mean, I don't know if he's championship caliber at this point. Um, let's be honest. I don't see Ricardo winning a championship in the rest of his career, but you definitely expect him to be up there, you know, fighting with good old Lando Calrissian. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy to see, man. It's, it's sad, but what are you going to do? Listen, summer break's coming up. What do you think you should do on a summer break? That's the question. What should Daniel Ricardo do on his summer break? Like what's the montage over the summer break that he does in the movie to bring him back for the second half of the season? You know? Well, he, uh, I saw him talking to a Dutch journalist and they were like, oh, fancy going to Zandvoort for a while and practicing. He was like, no, I can't. There's drug tested F1. Like he's pretty just open about what he wants to do. Uh, <laughs> okay. And he's well. not, okay, but fair enough, dude. I mean, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, okay. I could see Daniel Ricciardo like, <laughs> like going away to like a monastery, like a monk's monastery for like four weeks and just yeah. completely resetting and then you ever yeah. seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? This is a, absolutely, yeah. You know, you know when he goes away to that monastery to try and like center himself, and then he yeah. comes back to the quirky character. That's going to be Daniel Ricardo at, at Spa, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely you. with all the parrots and stuff like around his head. Yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. I think he's going to do like a like a training montage on his ranch, and <laughs> uh, be, you know, because he can't go anywhere else because because of the lockdowns in Australia. So he's going to go back to his ranch. All right. He's going to regroup. His trainer uh, is going to be there. Um, and maybe Crocodile Dundee shows up as like an <laughs> inspirational character. And he's like, look, Mike, you're either going to do this or not. You know, what are you going to do? Are we going to do another shoey this year? Are you going to sit back on your halo, you know, leading your head down, things like that. And then he's, he's like, he- and then Rick, and then Rick's going to be like, you're right. All right, let's go. Let's do this. And then he starts lifting car doors and stuff like that. And then like, <laughs> The ACDC starts, but ACDC was Australian, right? Oh, I've got no clue. I think so. Let's go with uh, it. Let's say ACDC was Australian. No, I don't know no they, they, were, really they were. were British. Yeah, they well, were. At least the were they British? Was, Some of them were Australian. So ACDC Possibly. is appropriate. ACDC yeah. black, and, black and Black starts blasting. All right. He's like, he's boxing kangaroos. All right. He's like kickboxing kangaroos. Comes back. You know, he's got the car doors. He's like running through the sand. He's like eating, eating huntsman spiders. He's like biting the huntsman spiders heads off and like drinking the blood for energy. And, and then he comes back and then he comes back. What's the, what's the next race? Sandboard spa spa. Oh, and then spa. Yeah. And yeah. then he just, and then he just crushes spa, you know, 
I, I could see solid like, P6. Crocodile Dundee there is like pointing at him like, that's not a McLaren driver, that's a McLaren driver. And it's like a cardboard car, Orlando. Just for, <laughs> just for added and just throwing darts at him the whole, the whole four yeah. weeks. Yeah, he's just got a secret seething hatred for Lando. And the I, kid's like way younger than him, you know? I think of all the drivers to be beat by as a teammate, I think Lando Norris has got to be one of the hardest ones because like, it's so tough to to see such a kid that's chilling and, and, and not really trying as much and, and having a lot, almost having a laugh at F1 beat yeah. you. It feels almost effortless when yeah. Lando Norris does it, which must just rub it in so much for a, a seasoned pro like, like Daniel. Yeah. But the restart though was just insane. Uh, that was, I was, so the, so the turn one happened, um, everything happened with Ricardo that, you noticed and then and the restart and you're just like okay now what is going on and you have one car left on the grid starting uh and then everybody's starting from the pit lane that whole jabroni stuff with george russell and the pit lane restart he had to like give a bunch of spots back i was just like dude i just felt like emotionally tossed you know i was just like this thing took me from one end to the other and uh i don't know man i just felt like i was a passenger in a ship of emotion is what I felt like. It was it was just wild. Yeah, it was a very allegorically. I felt sort of like Lando Norris, and the race was just hitting you from one side to the other with a different emotional blow. And by the yeah. end of it, you realize you can't do anything about it. You're just along for the ride. But that's why we love the sport, I guess. The the weird, strange races where racing doesn't happen for yeah. a large uh, part of it. You know. Yeah. And of course, I mean, we could go into the restart stuff forever. It was just, it was odd. It was just a crazy thing to see one car on that grid. But, um, it, but what I did want to t- touch on with that briefly was, uh, did, did Mercedes not, so you're telling me like Mercedes Formula One team, Mercedes AMG Patronus Formula One team didn't anticipate the need to have to pit for slicks at all. Can, so I think what it, what it was, and I was thinking about this since yesterday when we talked about it briefly is when you're on an outlap, right. From either a red flag or whatever you, uh, so you could radio the pit wall, but they can't respond to you. Isn't that the case? Uh, normally yes, but this wasn't a formation lap. This was a lap of the race. Like technically it counts as a lap of the race, but what's really strange is Bono and, Lewis, in the transcript, Lewis is literally sort of saying to Bono, right, two's dry, three dry, four dry, and he's calling out the corners, and they are dry. Um, and I think Mercedes thought there were uh, there was rain coming, and that's why they didn't box him. But even uh, if they didn't it was want a forecasting. to, I, well, that's what Mercedes thought. But surely, if Mercedes thought it was, everyone else would have. And right. even if they did think it was going to rain, Lewis was, I mean, all his competitors were out the race essentially um lewis was at the front of the field why take the risk of doing different to everyone else if he'd have put on the inters and then or, or sorry if he'd put on slicks and they'd realize it would have been into conditions then you just change that everyone else and you're still at the front of the grid worst right. case scenario you have what three four cars who took a gamble to pass and yeah i just don't understand why mercedes took the risk and it's i don't one either. of an it's one of a set of uncharacteristic mistakes from Mercedes this season, you know, all the way from Bottas's tires in 
in Monaco to yeah. uh, leaving on the magic in, in Baku to Lewis's setup in Monaco. It's just really strange. Just weird stuff, like weird mistakes you wouldn't think would happen are yeah. happening this year. And that's where that's where Drive to Survive jades me. All right. That's like, look, I'm a Drive to Survive fan. I came to the sport from watching that show. But I got to admit, 90% of Drive to Survive fans uh, are just like drama fetishizing and they're not really into the sport and they just make Twitter accounts because it's trendy and then talk about like the stupid drama stuff and then never talk about the actual races. So mm. that's my main gripe when Drive to Survive. And my second one is that I feel like, okay, I feel like, and this is my Alex Jones moment. All right. Put on your tinfoil hat. You got a tinfoil hat over there. Put it on. I feel uh, I'll, like I'll go with my, my Elton John glasses. That's what I was yeah, put, it, put your Elton John glasses on. All right. So yeah, it'll be like, it'll be like a John Carpenter's day lives. Now you can see the real truth, right? So you put on your glasses and I'll do the same. Look, I'll do the same for this. All right. We'll switch glasses. And now you can see the truth, which is the truth here is that maybe Mercedes is making these calls and maybe some of this stuff's happening to make drive to survive better. To do it, to juice it up for the cameras. What if they're doing that? What if they're juicing this stuff up for the cameras? You know, because like, why, why else would you, why else would a seven time world champion, someone that experienced with a team that good and that smart with access to all their data, make a mistake like that? You know? Oh, do, do you see, so you say that I say that's crazy, but why on earth would they do that? I just, I just think they couldn't get away with it. I think yeah. I think they, Bernie Eccleston would love to get away with it. If this yeah. was Bernie, he would love to do this. I just yeah. don't think you could get away with it. But boy, I mean, if yeah, if, if Formula One is scripted, dude, do you care that much? Because it's I fun mean, to watch. I mean, yeah, it might not be as pure, but it's you know. I, I, so I don't think it's scripted. For the record, I don't think it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe is it? If the sport's fun to watch, then I'm getting my conspiracy theory glasses off now. These are my these are my anti five G glasses. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm keeping mine on for a little bit because I want to explore. Let's, let's explore this. You know, let's okay. let's go down the rabbit hole. So no, I'll take I'll take yours. Look, we can't have yeah, Nick, one on. So Nick Latifi is a reptile. Yeah, that's the next thing. <laughs> Turn to the goddamn frogs. We it's have the documents. Okay, we have the documents. All right. I have the documents about Hungary. I've got Joel, the documents Joel, listen, on Silverstone. Joel, it's literally in the name. Jova Nazi. Okay. Listen. It's goddamn. <laughs> you look at Istanbul Park. There's a pyramid on the top of the pit lane. Okay. There's a pyramid. They glued a crystal skull to the top of the pit lane in Istanbul Park. All right. What does that mean? Globalists. That's what that means. Globalists. Satanists are trying to take over the sport. All right. We won't stand for it. Me, Alex Jones, will not stand for it. So... <laughs> But yeah, man, it was just a, it was just a strange mistake. And then you see this multiple times a season and you're just like, what, what is going on with this team, man? Um, So I don't know, man, is it, it uh, maybe their bone marrow is being thinned out because Red Bull is poaching so many top talent uh, figures from that team. I don't know if that's immediate though. I don't know if they're immediately going over to, over to Red Bull. Uh, So I think there's a lot of the same personnel still there this year. Right. So it's like, yeah. I don't know, man. It just kind of makes you wonder. Uh, but then we, so we had that happen. So we're like, okay, cool. Hamilton's last again. Uh, and then he's on slicks. Now he has clear air. So cool. Uh, it's hammer time. And I love MC hammer. Don't like hammer time when it's for Hamilton and I want somebody else to win. So 
you know, the whole race, just like anxious, you know, just like, okay, cool. Mercedes clear air. That's all that car was built for. Uh, he's going to be just blitzing, you know, the whole time. And, uh, and so of course he is, of course he, he makes up all these spots. He finally gets to Alonzo. And uh, then we have like some of the best wheeled wheel racing I've ever seen, maybe in my entire year and a half of being a, a diehard fan of this sport. Uh, and it was some of the most fun racing to watch uh, just ever, man. It was, it was just a delight. Um, I've got a masterclass channel that I subscribe to and I watch a bunch of masterclass stuff, how to make film, how to write stories. And I feel like they should put this on masterclass.com as like a channel. And it's just like that, those 14 races. And you're just like, Hey, you want to be good at sim racing or just racing in general, watch this. And then you'll learn everything you need to know. And you're like, okay. And so, yeah, man, it was just, it was just insane. Um, if you're a, if you're a racing fan, a race purist by any means, that was just maybe the highlight of the whole day was getting to see uh, a world champion go up against a world champion. And not only that, but somebody who had, uh, history with the guy. Uh, I think you said 07 or 08 is when they were. Is when uh, they were yeah, 07. Because he yeah. dipped. Uh, he dipped to, I think, Ferrari might have been. And he uh, Hecky. Hecky come to McLaren and then obviously Lewis won Hecky the title. Line and is, that line and... is that clock going slowly? It is. <laughs> My, my Martin Brundle needs work. But. Every time I see it, yeah. I don't know if Brundle was doing this commentary back in the late 2000s, but just whoever was doing it, and the, every time they said his name is Kova Line, and it's like, okay, dude. I don't know why, but just like say that again. You know, it's it's just so fun to listen to. But yeah, man, they, so they had, they yeah, Alonzo with the experience of, of course, there's history there. And then, then Alonzo had that weird radio, not radio, um, interview comment later after the race where it's just like yeah i mean it it, max, it would help max out uh so and i don't know if he meant to say esteban but he said max do you know what i'm saying like because he was like yeah i knew max was struggling so i held uh held hamilton up or something like that do you, do you like wow so uh, did, did, you, did you hear that alonzo said something to like it helps max out or something um, I don't have the exact quote. I probably should have looked it up before I started this, but he said something to the effect of you could find it. And I don't know if, you know, again, with my tinfoil hat, I don't know if this is deep fake or not, but like he said, he said something to the effect of like, you know, hold, you know, if I could hold Lewis up as long as possible, it would help Max. And I don't know if he was talking about Max or maybe after a race, because, you know, it's after a 70 lap race, maybe your vocabulary is not all taught to trot. Uh, he just meant to say Esteban and said Max instead, because how many times a day do you say one name and you and you mean another? So who knows, man? But that was a weird thing afterwards. You're just like, oh, oh, wait, hold on. You're invested in. Wow. OK, interesting if you actually meant that. So it was pretty wild. Yeah, um, surely you can't have meant Max. Like, there's no way. No way. I don't know. I mean, and, and surely Esteban makes sense because he is the reason that that Esteban won, you know, full, full credit to Ocon. He raced a good race. You know, he, he was very calm on the radio at all times, but yeah, I mean, if, if Lewis gets fast on the first time of asking, it's, it's a wrap. Like, yeah, man. And I, I'm so glad he didn't. Cause I think if there's one, and I've said on the podcast a lot, I'm a massive fan of Esteban Ocon, the person, if not the driver. Um, yeah. And if there's one person on the grid that deserved a win, I think it was. Esteban Ocon so needed this. Yeah. Particularly Another, after a really tough set of races. 
I think he's just maybe found a, an extra sort of 5% to, to really help him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have fun in Austria at all. I mean, he was, no. those were not two good races to, uh, those were not good races for him in the slightest. So to see him up on a, on a, on a one podium uh, on the first slot, I guess on a winner's podium uh, was super nice. Gave you the same feeling as a ghastly, although the redemption story might not have been there, but it was still just amazing. It's always fun to see a first time winner, man. Um, yeah. because you get that pure elation and that pure joy that obviously you get if you are a repeat winner, but that first time it's just like, Oh man, that's so fun to watch. And you live it with them almost. And it's, it's, so it's really cool. Feels um, like the first time, like the old classic, <laughs> there was actually, it was actually, uh, written about first Grand Prix wins and anyone who thinks about anything else needs to get their mind out of the gutter. Of course. Yeah. That was actually, <laughs> that was actually, that's actually what that was about. Yeah. So, because the first time with the other stuff is not, it's not all that, all it's cracked up to be. There was um, my first time there was Incubus playing. That wasn't fun. That was like oh, a choice. So, you know, Dear me. just, Deep. you know, so anyway, Carlos, uh, what I thought was crazy was, uh, and it, but it wasn't surprising to me. It was, it was, it was crazy, but it wasn't surprising. Was Carlos signs calling out uh, anticipation of that Hamilton two stop. And Ferrari probably knowing full well that that's what Hamilton's going to do is try to pull out a second stint and catch up to everybody. Um, Carlos tries to, I forget what lap it is, but he tries to anticipate it and tell his pit crew to bring him in for some freshes. So for some freshies. uh, So he's not just hanging out to dry once Hamilton catches up to him. Uh, But they didn't do that because they're Ferrari. Uh, And so of course, Hamilton catches up to signs a little later after the Alonzo jaunt. And, uh, and I think the only redeeming quality was the fact that Alonzo held him up for so long because otherwise he, they would have, he would have gotten to him so much quicker. Uh, and, and so you're, you're just like, man, it's a, it made, it made it look not as bad as it was, but you know, that like he would have, he didn't have the pace to stick it out. I feel like they should have brought him in, man. Like, why don't like, why does Ferrari do this where they leave their drivers out? Carlos Sainz is an amazing strategist. Mm. Like he's one of those guys that directs just as good as he acts. And so to speak, where he can call strategy almost as good as the pit lane. And so I feel like if you're on Ferrari pit lane, you're listening to Carlos Sainz more. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't see them doing that a lot, which is really odd. Maybe they have, and they, they just aren't covering it. Or maybe I didn't see it, but I feel like every time science tries to call a strategy, um, they're not really fully on board with it. This is another one of those instances. And maybe if they had, we would have seen a lot better racing after Hamilton passed Alonzo. And if he had, if if Alonzo hadn't made that mistake, maybe who knows what, you know, because Alonzo basically just slipped out of turn one. And that's why Hamilton got by very uncharacteristically. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird from Ferrari to, to keep seeing these track calls get overridden. You're just like, okay, man, uh, what are y'all doing? Well, I, I think in defense of, of Carlos is we all know how hard it is to pass in at Hungary. And he was stuck behind, I think, Latifi. Uh, I think Latifi early in the race in the first stint. And he sort of said, when Latifi boxed, I think Latifi was trying to get an undercut. And he said to Ferrari, leave me out, I've got more pace. And he tried to get an overcut. And he really did. He, he stepped on it and he, he closed that gap, uh, yeah. I think, to the top two really well. And then I think once you've already gone for the overcut and stayed out long enough, 
there's not enough laps for a two-stop to to work. So yeah. I, as, as annoying as it is that it left them sort of unraceable at the end of the race, I understand why they did that. And right. still to come away with a P5, uh, I think it was for color signs, is a yeah. good result. You know, that's a, solid. I think where Ferrari expect to be most weekends, um, and particularly with Lando out the race, with yeah. uh, Ricardo out the race and with signs out the race, um, that's good points. That is turned into a really close battle. I yeah. think it's so tough to choose. I think the McLaren is the more consistent car. I can't see the McLaren. Um, I can't see the McLaren having a weekend like France for Ferrari, where they both finish outside of the points. But at the same time, I can't see McLaren getting a pole position or getting a uh, what should have been a race win for for Carlos Sainz in in yeah. Silverstone. Um, and I think that's where Ricardo really needs to start performing because otherwise, Ferrari just uh, McLaren just going to hand that third spot to Ferrari. Yeah, um, well, both of yeah. their drivers are on such a good level this year. They're so close. Yeah, yeah. And if we can get, or I say we, like, what? What am I in Ferrari? Uh, if if Ferrari can get uh, a good car under them, not that it's not an improvement from last year, but if they can get a good car under them for next year too, with the toss up, who knows who's going to be where? Um, but if you've got a competitive car next year, uh, Ricardo uh, gets his stuff together, and so you've got a competitive McLaren, you've got a competitive Ferrari. You, all of a sudden, you've got eight cars up front, and then you've yeah. got a midfield tucked up under that with the Alpha Taris. Uh, and if Alfa Romeo can make some improvements, if Williams makes substantial improvements next year, then you've got a dense midfield as well. And you're basically doing what the FIA is trying to accomplish anyway, which is make this, make this, just put, compress this field and compress this grid, make everything more rich, more dense. Uh, and with just better racing. And so you want to see the talent match of Sainz and Leclerc uh, matched up with the car to complement that. And I think that's probably, obviously, that's probably what Ferrari is trying to do is to give them a car where they could take advantage of this lineup. Because to not have a car that's competitive like it was uh, in the earlier stages of this hybrid era um, is just a, dis- it's a disservice. It's a disservice to all of humanity is really what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. So Ferrari love that you get your historic money uh, from whoever. Did you know that Ferrari just gets money for being Ferrari, like a historic formula one team? Really? Them and Williams do it. Like they just get money. I don't know where it's from. I don't know what video I saw it on, but apparently Williams and Ferrari get like historic commission money just for existing and still being in formula one. So listen guys, Use, use your money, put it towards car, or else you're disserving us. You're disservicing humanity, and uh, we will hold you responsible for for crimes against humanity. Basically, of next year is what we're saying. So we should, um, and then and yeah, we really should. Uh, nomination, write it in. Can you write in a ballot for crimes against humanity? Is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> why not? I mean, like, I heard the yeah. um the the Nuremberg trials were actually run by like a public vote, like the X Factor. Yeah. Up and if it's like, you know, yeah. For hugging, press O one. For electric <laughs> chair, press O two. Yeah. We'll start a GoFundMe uh, against uh, for Ferrari crimes against humanity. And that's something that people will viscerally uh, get on board with. I think anyway. I think let, let's get a disclaimer out there now. We do yeah. not 
want to hang Matteo Bonotto or any other no. Ferrari member before we get sued. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Oh man, is that the punishment for crimes against humanity? Oh, that's that's steep. I feel like okay. Oh yeah. Just let okay. Look, let's do it. Let's hit him where it hurts. No time on drive to survive 2022. All right, that's where. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, that's cool. no no time. All right. So anyway, uh, you got that going on. We'll see what happens. I would like to see Ferrari come back second half of the season. Yeah. Re- reinvigorated, renewed with a new sense of vigor, you know, and uh, see him up there at the front. We'll see. Time will tell, but I'm not really putting my chips in the basket just yet. So um, I'm looking at my notes. Hamilton recovery. Yeah, we already talked about it. Look. Greatest driver of all time. Anyone surprised? I'm not surprised. So no, I'm not. Uh, put that, you know, put that car in clean air. It's going to do what it did. I thought, man, I thought it, I thought we were good. I thought we were Hamilton free for the championship points. And he dropped back to last. And I was like, cool. The point loss won't be that bad. It'll be like uh, uh, Baku again, where both of them dip out. And so we don't see a huge advantage. But dude, just coming back to third. And uh, that whole thing, dude, what, what was wrong with him after the race? Did you see that? Did you notice the, how like yeah. physically shaken he was after that race? Yeah. Just, just exhausted. I mean, it's such a, a tough race hungry that the corners sort of don't stop coming, you know? And for yeah. a guy, I mean, Lewis is 36, you know, it must be taking its toll when he's been so. being bounced around in race cars for 30 years, you know? I am 37 and uh, I ate a 12 inch sub yesterday and felt like I was uh, going to die and then fall through the ground. So <laughs> I I can only imagine what it's like being in top physical shape uh, as a Formula One driver. Um, I relate a lot, you know, look, Formula, yeah. look Lewis Hamilton driving 70 laps um, and me eating a 12 inch double meat Capicola turkey roast beef with hot peppers vinegar and oil mayo mustard and double pepper jack cheese on wheat bread uh is this it's the same thing when you're talking about performance issues and performance setbacks so um you know i i relate and so lewis you need any tips reach out okay slipstream podcast at gmail.com so exactly. uh or or hit us up on twitter the slipcast uh just look us up i forget our handle what's our i don't know what our handle is but great job on the twitter bud by, uh, I, I do try. You've been you've been you've been doing it well. I get on there. I'm a little snarky. You do the Twitter well. I'm just gonna leave it to you. You got the you got the memes. You know, it's my, it's my Gen Z Gen Z vibes. Much I yeah. You can hate yeah. Gen Z, but we've got memes down. I don't, to I don't hate Gen so. Z. I don't hate. I don't yeah, hate Gen Z. You haven't spent enough time with Gen Z then, so. Yeah, well, yeah, I probably shouldn't. That'd be a little inappropriate. So, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I take that back. So, don't want to be accused of grooming. So, you know, it's. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, man, we'll keep you on the Twitter. I'll stay off of it. That's your world. I'll just do the Photoshop and uh, you, and then you take the rest of the Twitter. What else we got? Uh, man, Seb, let's just cut. Let's just say it. Let's just, it's going to, it's going to hurt to say it out loud because i haven't said it out loud since it happened but seb dq'd uh with the fuel issue for aston martin racing and uh you know man it just i feel like i just walked into a funeral i don't uh, it's 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 difficult it's a difficult experience and uh you know it's just a it's just a difficult thing to work through it's a test of character really it's a, it's a test of, of mental strength and fortitude and resolve, really. How are you going to deal with this? How are we going to deal with this? Oh, How am I going to deal with this? Uh, you could see my Aston Martin cars 
Um, and the one uh, on the bottom uh, lit up by my uh, my ceiling fan. It's obscured. And uh, that's just a highlight, I guess. Um, that was intentional, actually. I did that intentionally um, to highlight, you know, how we ha- how we lost how we lost it this weekend. So, you know, look, it's fine. It's fine. We'll move on uh, and we'll be fine. It's fine. Listen, it's fine. It's fine. Am I about to cry right now? No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, do I hear sad fiddle music playing in the background again? No, I don't. It's fine. Throw on the Spice Girls and uh, Spice Up. Yeah, so I'm saying. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. So, Slipstream podcast um, brought to you by the Spice Girls. Slipstream <laughs> podcast brought to you by the Spice Girls. Uh, spice up your life. Uh, Christian Horner probably has something to say about that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, man, I don't know. We'll see. Actually, no, seriously, uh, Aston's like, they're, they're appealing it. Did you hear about this? So they're appealing yes. it. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to like, literally like flip the car over and shake it like a Mason jar to try to get like the rest of the fuel out. I don't think that's going to yield anything. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, not getting my hopes up as an Aston Martin fan, but, uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't expect it. So low expectations, then you're not disappointed, but you could be surprised. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, man, um, man, we're, we're good, man. Four to five minutes. Let's, let's wrap it up. You got some, some, some goodies to go eat. Don't you? Yeah. I've got sticky beef noodles, which, um, I mean, like for, normally that's quite exciting from a, from a white suburban mum. You never know. I feel like there's going to be a way to sneak like sweet corn in there because yeah, there's nothing. I think so. There, there's nothing. There's no better iconic duo than no. white suburban mums and sweet corn. So I'm. And no, that's what Bourdain did. That's what Bourdain did. He improvised. Okay, he improvised. Exactly. He shot from the hip, and all the great chefs do. Um, real quick, before I let you go, let's go over just one article real quick. And we'll we'll glaze over it. Like like that pork you're about to eat, and uh, and then we'll talk about MF uh, MWF one first season. We'll just talk about the winners real quick. But look, uh, courtesy of BeyondTheFlag.com, uh, Jacques Villeneuve weighing in with a little Mercedes prediction. Uh, apparently, he doesn't believe that uh, Williams uh, or anybody else will take that seat, or Bottas, uh, Williams, or excuse me, George Russell or uh, Bottas will take the Mercedes seat. In 2022, he thinks it's going to go to Lance Stroll, and is that like what is what is that? Is that the Canadian in him, like just trying to like stand more Canadians or something, or like what's even going on with that, dude? It's such a bizarre call. And then also, you think about it, you're like, wait, no, no, there's no wait, there's no think. Lance Stroll is lucky to be Aston Martin. There is no way. Toto Wolf, the most results-driven guy in the business. He would, I think, he he would sacrifice his own children if it meant gaining a tenth over Red Bull. The guy yeah. is, and, and I feel like he would despise Lance Stroll. I think yeah. he, for the record, I like Lance Stroll. I think he's very, um, I'm not going to say underrated, but I'd say overhated as a yeah. driver. I think he's got his qualities. Um but if that happens, I'm just going to watch Formula E full time. I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in F1 if Lance Stroll wins a world championship. I read that and I was like, is he smoking? Is he smoking something? Like, is he okay? So, so should uh, somebody like check on Jacques Villeneuve and see if he's like sane at this point? Because that's the most bizarre prediction I've ever seen in my entire life. They don't need the money. Lance Stroll's dad owns Aston Martin. 
He's not going to go where his dad doesn't own the team. Uh, and then, and also, I don't think he has the talent, quite honestly, to be in a Mercedes seat. He just doesn't. I think Montez deserves it before Lance Stroll. So I, it's just that was the weirdest thing. I just came across that before we started taping. I was like, well, we got to talk about this because uh, this is this is insane. Uh, MWF one first week. It was in Spain. Uh, slippery track. Always, always a fun time when you go to Spain, especially in this new game where you're just like the consistency is everything. Um, and so uh, I did all right, man. P8. Uh, I fell back, lost my front wing and I fell back to last place. Then I recovered a P8 because there's always safety cars and multiplayer races. So, uh, so yeah, man, no glitches. Uh, I don't know if you played multiplayer glitching uh, or oh, experienced yeah. the glitches on this new game, but Cody's what are we doing? Okay. Let's get the, look, I'm glad we got the breaking point. Okay. I'm glad we got our story mode to satiate the drive to survive drama fetishizers that want to play the game. Uh, but like, what about the multiplayer? What about us? Huh? Let's fix the multiplayer. And, uh, and if not, then we'll draw up a GoFundMe for crimes against humanity against Codemasters. How about that? Um, so real quick, D1, uh, our winners from last night, Mystic Joker taking D1, D2, Murph and Selly, D3, D3, uh, Raid Khan, uh, D4, V Shoots Gween, which, Hey man, nice name. Don't know how that don't know how that uh, name even came into existence, but fun to say. Division five, Shelly the Turtle. Hey, fucking freaking, freaking. I try not to cuss this podcast, but sometimes it just comes out. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> try to keep this family friendly. Um, but anyway, uh, shout out to all our winners last night, uh, Midwest F1, uh, solid round. And uh, we'll dip into more coverage as the season goes. <laughs> oh, hi. So. Uh, earlier we were recording and James was mid sentence. And, uh, as I was watching him tell, give his apology to Nicholas Latifi, uh, the power in my house just completely went out for like an hour. And, uh, so like for the next 30 seconds after it went out, I was just looking at the blank screen, wondering if we had just lost the entire 50 minutes of a very fun episode. Thankfully we hadn't, obviously, if you watch this far, but uh, anyway, I just wanted to come and, and say bye to you officially uh, going straight to music mid sentence uh, would probably be pretty funny. And uh, we probably should do that. Honestly, we just probably should go straight to music, but I uh, just wanted to come and sign off real quick. Like uh, all the stuff, um, subscribe to the channel. If you want uh, all of the show notes uh, are there, all the links to get in touch with us. If you want hit us up on Twitter, Twitch, the YouTubes, uh, whatever you may please. Um, we will be back before spa, probably do a little summer break episode. And uh, yeah, until we see you then, keep pushing.